Hello, everybody. Thank you for downloading episode 27 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Two very quick things before we get to the episode. Number one, Mark and I are going to be at Dragon Con starting on Friday. We'll be there all the way through the entire con. And if you want a full schedule of where you can find us while we're there, you can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash We Got This Podcast. And you can find all the information there, but we are doing a live recording with our friends Frank Conniff, Trace Ballou, and Bill Corbett. We're going to be discussing which is the best classic movie monster of all time, so that should be a lot of fun. Also, our New York Super Week show is live, and you can buy tickets right now. It's going to be Sunday, October 11th at Urbo in Times Square at 8 o'clock. It's going to be a great time. We have an awesome opening act. It's Carter Parton Rogers of Hey, Hear Me Now. And if you want tickets and information, just go to NewYorkSuperWeek.com. You can get all the information you need right there. And now, without any further ado, episode 27 of We Got This. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Disney Princess. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Hello, everybody. Hey, what's up, guys? It's, uh, we're jumping into this is part three. We've done, yeah, we've done a lot of Disney of late of a trilogy. This is so it began with best Pixar film. Mm-hmm. Then we did best Disney ride. Yes, and then today we are doing best Disney princess. Yes. Yeah. And and we brought in guests. We bring in guests for all of our Disney. I feel like Disney is something that's too big for us to handle on our own. Yeah. And it also allows us to pass the blame onto somebody else if sure. people don't agree with the decision. Because Disney fans can get really intense about the things that they're excited about and yes. the things that they believe. They get very upset and very fiery. And that's why, to to offset that, we have brought in uh, the, the strong women in our, in our lives. So uh, I'll introduce my wife. Uh, Jennifer Marie Kelly Dash Loveland. Hi, I'm Jen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just introduced yourself so adorably to the masses that listen. And I will introduce my girlfriend, the lovely Miss Juliana Ashley Hansen. Hi, everyone. And uh, they are uh, here today to talk about Disney princesses mm-hmm. because this is an area of expertise for both of them. If you would like to tell, give us your bona fides, give us your CV on why. I, I mean, you're both Disney fans, yes? Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah, yes. huge um, fans since childhood. I mean, I was raised watching all the films, and uh, yeah, knew all the words to all the songs, and dressed up as all the princesses every Halloween. Not all of them each Halloween, but. sure. One a year. Sure, there's a dozen of them, so I'm guessing from, like, age seven, seven? until yeah. you were 21. <laughs> but you weren't, like, Cher doing multiple costume right. changes every yeah. single... Or Whoopi Goldberg hosting the Oscars. You come back to each block gets, well, this is my Cinderella block. Hey, if I thought I could have gotten away with that <laughs> every day at school... Um, and Jen, you grew up in Florida, very close to Disney World, and have done a lot of Disney time. Yes, that was often a vacation with the family was going to Disney World. And listening to y'all talk about as a little girl what we loved, one of the thing that flashed into my mind was the little, I don't know if you had these, Juliana, but the little 
plastic shoes that were like for they had a little two inch heel and they were made of plastic and they had like the Disney princess sticker on and like feathers on top. I totally had those. (laughs) They were usually sparkly. What girl didn't? I'd like to ask. (laughs) You just clip clop around the house. Oh yeah, they never fit your feet. They were always way too big. Now were these only for the house? These were house shoes, or these were well, I dress up. Like it was like dress up, playing dress up. My oh, mother okay. would not have let me out of the house in yeah, them. Let's just say no. That. You would have looked like a <laughs> tiny Disney prostitute. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Grant your wish for a dollar. Grant your wish for a dollar. <laughs> a dream is a wish your heart makes. <laughs> let me be part of your world. Oh, <laughs> there it is. Thank you. Um, now the other interesting thing is uh, Juliana. You uh, you are now Jasmine. At, yes. uh, at Disneyland in the Aladdin stage show. Yes. So, okay. Not only did I love Disney as a kid, but mm. when I was like six, I started doing some voiceover stuff with them. Yep. I got to sing with Tom Bosley on a radio thing, um, who is Belle's Happy father. Happy days, Tom Bosley. Yes, but Belle's father in Beauty and the <laughs> Beast right, on Broadway. Okay. So for the Disney nerd in me, that was super cool. Was- and, and then also, um, I, I sang in the studio on Pocahontas and I got to, um, work with Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz. Uh, it was a song that was ultimately cut from the film. It was this big, like, Pocahontas wedding number. It was very cool. And uh, I've got, like, original sheet music from that day signed by Stephen and Alan, which is super neat. And I got to watch oh, wow. Judy Kuhn record Colors of the Wind. So it was really? inevitable, yeah, that I would grow up and, yes, be a princess at the – Now, Jennifer, uh, this is this is interesting. And we were talking about this. It, um, a lot of people don't know this. When you when you first lived in LA, you worked – you did children's parties and you dressed up as a, as a succession of princesses. <laughs> but <laughs> – Awesome. Uh, but they were not the, like, you would come in dressed, but the company could never say exactly who you were. Is that right? Yes. Yes, that's right. Um, I, when I first moved to Los Angeles, I would perform at children's birthday parties as princesses. And we had to be called princesses because it wasn't a company that was with Disney. And if you look online at most children's entertainment companies, they call them princesses, but I would show up in a blue dress with blonde hair and because the good little girl loves Cinderella. <laughs> or I'd show up in a red dress with yellow and blue on it with a dark wig and I'd be Snow White. But I was a princess. <laughs> Did you have be, names for them? They would just call us princess, but th- we knew that we were supposed to be Snow White, so you would read the story and you would tell stories and you'd have to try to talk in their voice. <laughs> Now, here's my question is, when you were uh, Sleeping Beauty, would you just show up and fall asleep on their couch? Because <laughs> that's a sweet gig for a birthday Yeah, that's party. the greatest yeah. gig ever. It was – I loved entertaining at the parties because I was entertaining for children. But the behind-the-scenes part of it was a little bit sad, and it wasn't really the dream that I had for myself to play a princess. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the princess with the blue dress and the blonde wig that 10 other people wore this week because it's dirty and oh. I had to pull it out of my trunk and wear it. I thought she had glass slippers. Yeah. Why is she wearing Keds? Exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that kind of thing would happen because inevitably the person that packed my costume would pack the wrong pieces and I'd show up kind of a mismatch. Oh, no. <laughs> it was humiliating and embarrassing sometimes, but the three-year-olds wouldn't know, so that was sure. what was important. But all this to say that that was what I got to do. But <laughs> growing up as a little girl, 
I know I was born way before you, Juliana. Oh, I but, doubt it. But well, okay. a little bit. A little bit. Oh, you guys going to sit and do bit. this girl no, thing no, the whole bit. episode? I was born before her a few years. So <laughs> I, to say this so that I'm saying that she wasn't Jasmine on the stage when I was a little girl. because But when I would go to Disney World and see the princesses singing and in the shows at Disney, I wanted to be them. So as close as I ever got was yeah. being a dirty. <laughs> <laughs> you were Cinderella-ish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're like living out one of my dream jobs. I just think it's awesome and cool. And Aww. yeah. Well, I think you did a great job as Cindy Rello. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody exactly. loved it. Exactly. Um, and, uh, and Bill from Beauty and the Beast. Yes. <laughs> Bill. <laughs> hey, it's Bill. I'm also a plumber. Uh, I read a lot and I'm really good with the you bend under a kitchen sink. Oh, well, uh, I got, I figure out what's wrong with your sink. There may be something there that wasn't there before. <laughs> Um, this topic, by the way, was suggested by Evil Scotsman 1974, who is a Swagbucks user and is on the Swagbucks blog and always comments uh, when they post about our episodes. So okay. let's let's dive in. Uh, yeah. We're going to talk about the the Disney princesses, and there are at this point because Frozen has not been added to the canon. By the way, when we're talking about the canon, um, a lot of this comes from comes from on high at mm-hmm. Disney. The one they're. Uh, they have they have decided who the official princesses are. Yes. And there are criteria for that. Yes. One of the criteria is they have to be royalty, either by birthright or by marriage. They have to appear in an animated film that is theatrically released and not a sequel. And they have to be a certain age. Because, uh, you know, in reading through the list, w- one person who you would think was a princess is Vanellope from Wreck-It Ralph who is the missing princess from Sugar Rush. At the end, she's restored in the game, but mm-hmm. she's too young to qualify as a princess. I guess you have to be marrying age, which I think in some of these is like 16. Yeah, these are these are right. kind of archaic yeah. rules that Disney has put in place. We have to give a shout out before we begin to our honor. Do you have a favorite among the honorable mentions? Yeah. And the honorable mentions being, um, who else did we have on that? Uh, uh, Nala from The Lion King yes. is an honorable mention. Princess Ada from A Bug's Life is also honorable mention. Uh, the, the woman from, who I believe is actually a princess from Atlantis, which that movie just did poorly, so they didn't mm. put her on the list. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, your movie has to be successful. Yeah. Also. Be able to carry we a have film? to care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to be able to carry a tenpole film. Wait, so why is Nala not a princess? Because doesn't she marry Simba who then becomes king? Yes, but she is not human. They have to be humanoid, Ah, which is why she is taken out. Got it. And I guess, and all of this came up in 2006 when they were creating this marketing campaign of the Disney princesses, like yes. the lunchboxes. The we're, we're going to group all of these characters together. These these are these are our princesses, and we're going to give the public this version, which I th- find amusing that Merida made made it into that list when that movie came out in 2012 because the last thing Merida would have wanted would be to be on that list <laughs> of <laughs> Disney princesses. Absolutely. No, no, no. Put the pretty dress on the redhead. <laughs> the other one who was a princess that is not a princess anymore was Tinkerbell, who I believe is a fairy princess. And I think the reasoning for that, from what I understand, is they pulled her out to, to spin her off into the fairies franchise. Mm-hmm. So she's now a fairy slash heroine in that world. But she was one of the original sort of branded princesses. Right. So wh- wh- who do you guys like? What female characters are you drawn to outside of sort of the core princesses? Well, of the ones you mentioned, Princess Leia, is she in the Yeah, she's a heroine. Or, okay. I love her. And she's one of the ones I dressed up for as Halloween when I was like. 
10. Did you do side buns? Oh, yeah, because doing... I had long hair to like my waist. Oh, nice. So, and my mom would do our hair real fancy. So I had the side buns. You didn't do the lazy earmuffs version because, oh, no. come on. <laughs> my actual hair. Good job. Um, I also dressed up as Leia, but I was about 22. Um, was it slave Leia for a party? No, I, you know what? I did not, I didn't go slave Leia route. Oh, I went traditional, you know I went movie poster Leia nice. with that cool, sexy white dress that has like the slit mm-hmm. up the side. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, um, and, and like the turtleneck kind of thing? Yeah, but I didn't do turtleneck because okay. they don't look good on me. Sure. You want to um, do at least, you want to do sexy Leia, sexy but not Leia, too sexy. But not too, not slave Leia. Not yeah. so obvious. If the other um, girl at the party is doing sexy <laughs> construction worker, you can do minimally sexy Leia. <laughs> uh, can I just say when I was a kid, and I agree with this still, my favorite Leia outfit is her Hoth outfit, which is weird because she is the most, she's wearing like 900 layers yeah. of clothing. Oh, yeah. But she looks like a Bond girl. She looks like a Bond girl. She's got like the pillow jacket and the white pants and stuff. I just think it's a really nice outfit. <laughs> and I think she, it's a smart I'm, look. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's pretty close to what I had as a child because it was the most conservative look, you know, because it was for a 10 year old. It was I, meant to be. I remember it? like a linen white like pants and long sleeve jacket thing. And, and I think she had ski yeah. goggles. <laughs> ski goggles. I didn't have anything <laughs> over my face. I had more like the little like band that would be sparkly like a crown or something. Right. You know, like, and a tiara. Yeah. You're yeah. Like, I, yeah, because I'm still Princess Leia. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm also partial to uh, Miss Piggy. Oh, Just because queen. she's so outrageous. And uh, she definitely wins in the confidence department. Oh, yeah. And I think that's an important, you know, quality yes. to have in life. Mm-hmm. To go, she's a good example of that for women everywhere. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah I feel like she really is a great role model. <laughs> yeah. Like, all joking aside, Miss Piggy's a great role model. Very totally confident. Agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so why don't we, uh, why don't we outline who the 11 princesses are? There's Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, aka Aurora, uh, Ariel, the Little Mermaid, Belle from Beauty and the Beast, Jasmine from Aladdin, Pocahontas from the self-same film, uh, there is Mulan, who is the only princess in this list who's not royalty and does not become royalty at any point. But I think she embodies such a strong spirit that they added her. And plus, the film was very successful. Which kind of seems wrong to me that mm-hmm. Mulan would be included in this. That they're like, oh, well, yeah, that girl, yeah, she's real strong. Let's call her princess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then there's uh, Tiana from The Princess and the Frog. Rapunzel from Tangled. And then the most recent was Merida from Brave in 2012. So, so on this list, ladies, let me ask you, is there anybody who you would eliminate right away? The only one that I would lean towards at all would be Snow White. Really? Even though getting she's rid of Snow original, White. which yeah. I, I respect her for that. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I don't see any strength in her. She sings about wanting her true love to find her mm-hmm. and like whisk her away to their castle, his mm-hmm. castle. And then she eats a poison apple and falls asleep and has to be rescued by seven little men. I mean, she, you know, she does do housework for those guys and like cook for them and stuff and provide companionship and like feminine touch to their like messy house. Right. But that to me isn't really strength. I mean, that was an even exchange. They gave her shelter and protection. <laughs> yeah. So, so Snow White is really a film about the barter system. Yeah, sure. <laughs> she's the original working girl. Yeah. I think I would add to that that she's, look, every, there, there's an innocence to all of them. That innocence leads them astray at some point, but she gets fooled into eating an apple and it's, I think it's pretty apparent of that scene like if somebody was like here eat this apple eat this apple eat the apple i mean eat the apple like you probably be like i shouldn't eat that yeah apple. i probably shouldn't have this apple <laughs> this is after being 
uh, fooled into the woods for her heart to be removed by the huntsman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she does seem very reactionary. Everything is everything is based on other people. Absolutely, um, good word. It's uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Yeah, she, I mean, her, her, yeah, like you said, her very first song at the wishing, I mean, she's at a wishing well, mm-hmm. wishing for her man. Mm-hmm. Um, Although she is pretty cool. Like, there are some, seems like all the Disney princesses have this, but she and Cinderella probably have it more than most, which is the ability to control and communicate with animals. Oh, yeah, that's a and superpower. And have do, like, do their bidding. Yeah, she's land Aquaman. Really quickly, not to derail us, but brings up Giselle from Enchanted. Mm-hmm. And I know that she's half human, but she's also partially animated. That's true. So yeah. I just would like to point out that she's kind of a princess. She doesn't become a princess in the film. She marries the modern day guy. Oh, that's right. But the person from Thank modern you. day marries the prince. So technically would be... Uh, would be a princess, but because she's not a major enough character, she doesn't she count. She doesn't count. Thank you for that. Disney nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I've really gone you really You really deep. are. You're, these are, these used to be light and frivolous. I know. What happened? I know. We used to talk about hot dogs. <laughs> now we're going deep cuts on the, uh, yeah. anatomy of enchanted. Now I'm wearing a bionator and I have an inhaler with mouse ears on it. <laughs> That's my life. That's my life. Hey now. man, I have, uh, from Julianne and I went to, uh, we went to Disney World in December and I still have the tiny shampoo and conditioner because they have the little mouse ears on the lids and I haven't used them. I could just keep the bottles and keep refilling them with, you know, shampoo and conditioner that I use. Yeah. Which would be Pert Plus in both bottles. Um, <laughs> Uh, let me talk about one that I think we can um, also, for the same reasons, eliminate. Okay. Uh, Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. It's a wonderful film. It's a lot of fun. I love Maleficent. I love the fight of Prince Philip uh, running through the briar patch at the end. But really, it's the it's the Prince Philip movie. Mm-hmm. And sure. the th- actually, no, that's not fair. It's the three... Um, it's Prince Philip and... Uh, the fairies. What are their names? Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's their movie, but Aurora doesn't really count. Again, everything's pretty uh, reactionary mm-hmm. with her, um, so I would agree. She's asleep a lot. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She does. It's true. A she spends a lot of time asleep. And and also her fate is sort of her fate is continually in somebody else's hands. She's cursed, so she has to touch the spinning wheel. So it becomes in the early part of her life we got to keep her away from the spinning wheel, especially on her what is it her sixteenth birthday. Mm-hmm. Then then it's somebody better come wake her up. It's got to be one dude who comes and gives her a kiss. I I don't like that all of these that we keep talking about. Like so far the two that we have talked about mm-hmm. are uh, was back in the day at Disney were they just obsessed with kissing. Well, they didn't. It's like, oh, the man, this. Well, I guess they didn't make, they didn't write the stories. They also didn't know about sex until like the seventies. That was when everybody at Disney Animation sure. found out about yeah. it. Yeah, that was when the rescuers were doing some terrible stuff to each other. Oh yeah, I think we could eliminate Sleeping Beauty. What about Cinderella? She's mm-hmm. she's pretty res- resourceful. She she's is. also like beaten down, and she is willing to be defiant. Yes, there is a willing defiance um, in a lot of these, and I think she was the first one. That had it. At the same time, she's also always 100% of the time kind. She mm-hmm. complains to herself, but never to anyone else. And she never treats her stepsisters or her stepmother poorly, which is kind of a nice example to young girls is that, you know, you can't choose your circumstances mm-hmm. and you can have wishes and dreams beyond them. Um, and you can be a fighter 
but to still treat people mm-hmm. with respect and kindness. And that I admire about Cinderella. Yeah. yeah. I love her because she's so upbeat and so positive all the time, even though she's upstairs like by herself and cleaning and in this, what we would think would be a miserable situation, but she's just always so happy and pleasant. I feel like she has that quintessential Disney princess thing Mm -hmm. that makes her sort of a model for the Disney princesses Mm -hmm. of that uber kindness and the talking to birds and like everything that's everything that's in her life and the, you know, the willingness to break free and branch Mm -hmm. out. She still is most everything is reactions to other people. And in the end, she doesn't save herself. It's a prince that comes in and saves her, but she is willing to come downstairs and to come down the stairs say that she's home and yeah yeah instead of staying shut up uh how about how about we jump forward um 30 years yes to the renaissance they it's called the renaissance period is that what the michael eisner 89 to 2000 which was little which began i loved this period we can just talk about the movies for Mm -hmm. a moment i love this period of disney movies Mm -hmm. i knew that something special was starting when i first saw the little mermaid Mm -hmm. and i was like oh this and then their run was just Little Mermaid, and then after that it was Lion King, Beauty and, and, the, Beauty Beast, and the Beast, then Aladdin, then Lion L- King, mm-hmm. and then Hunchback. Damn, look at you knowing the order and everything. <laughs> yeah, Mankin and Ashman in Beauty and the Beast, and in uh, Little Mermaid, I um, think are pretty flawless. Can we can we hit pause then again? A, an additional pause. How I mentioned this to you before we started. No, 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 not on the oh, recorder okay. pause. I mean <laughs> on the discussion of princesses and uh, talk about the songs. The princesses have some amazing songs yes. in their movies. Mm-hmm. Um, from Snow White's I'm Wishing, um, Aurora had, uh, what was the Aurora song? Uh, Once Upon a Dream. Which was based on the, the waltz, yes, right? The it was waltz. based on the actual, like the, who wrote that? Uh, oh gosh, I, this is embarrassing. He's no, it's so not. famous. None of us know. <laughs> He's super famous. It's like Tchaikovsky like, or yeah, someone. Yeah, it is like Tchaikovsky. Okay. But- if we're going down the line of songs, Cinderella yeah. would have A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. Mm-hmm. Come on. Who's next? Ariel, Part of Your World. Beauty and the Beast. Now, this is interesting because okay. Belle doesn't sing much in the film, but they wrote her a couple amazing songs for the Broadway musical. Mm-hmm. In the really? film, she sings the opening to the opening number. She sings just a right. little, and and throughout, she's sprinkled with she little the, bits here and there. There's something sweet. And uh-huh, and then kind. she has a duet with the yeah. Beast. But other than that, she doesn't have a like a 12 o'clock number or anything that kind of is her I huh. Want song. She's got a snippet of, um, may I sing? It yeah. goes, I want adventure in the great wide somewhere. I want mm-hmm. it more than I can tell. But that's as much of an I want as you get from her. Yeah. Um, and that comes out of her disgust at her interaction with Gaston. So, and there was also no I want song in Aladdin for Jasmine this to is sing. true. No. And there was one written for the uh, Aladdin, a musical spectacular at Disney California Adventure mm-hmm. where Juliana, uh, you play... Princess Jasmine and sing that song daily. True. <laughs> but yeah, a lot, a, a lot of great music. So, so let's start with The Little Mermaid. I have a confession to make, mm. uh, which is that I, the first time I saw The Little Mermaid was probably about 10 hours ago. Really? Yeah. yeah. What did you think? I loved it. It's an excellent movie. It, see, it came out when I was like 12 and mm. I was like, this seems kind of like it's for girls. I don't know if yeah. I'm going to watch it. And then grow then up, Hal. Beauty and the Beast came out and I saw that. I was like, this is the greatest. In first, fact, uh, first one nominated for an Oscar, right? First we'll get one nominated for an Oscar. Uh, Little Mermaid, great story. Great story. Strong, defiant character. But. True-ish. <laughs> bad, makes bad deals. 
Yeah. Yeah, but I think All Izzy was the one that said change this. Change her life and become something that she's not. Yeah. And, and give up her voice give- for a man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean- Literally give up her voice for a man. <laughs> And yep. I say this with a lot of love for Ariel because she is my guilty pleasure princess. She's my favorite, I think, hands down oh, yeah. because of sentimental value. Sure. Um, and because of the whole fantastical element of like mermaids and oceans. But yeah. It is a beautiful setting. Come on, that 16 movie. year old girl. Like give it a few years. You might actually like who you are. Right. <laughs> 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 Jennifer, what do you think of Ariel? Oh, I, I, I do love her very much. And I agree. Yeah. It, that she wants to leave what she's doing to like be with a guy, I guess is, I don't know. I just feel bad for a lot of the prince. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to take them in and like counsel them. They have a lot of strength while at the same time you feel bad for them sometimes, I guess. I don't know, but I love her. And I think, I think it's cool that she can be in the ocean and on land. <laughs> they do all tend to have like a lot of demands placed on their lives, yes. like outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Struggles that most young girls don't have to deal with. And I don't know if that's because they're royalty or if that's just because, like, their parents are controlling. I don't know. But, yeah, they deal with a lot. Yeah. I was watched a few recently just to get more updated to do this today. And I, the one thing I kept saying over and over after every film is, like, they're so put upon. Like, just Mm -hmm. put upon is all I could think of is just. I just feel bad. <laughs> do you feel, feel bad like, for them? Do you feel, Jen, as a uh, as a Southern woman, that you're particularly in tune to the idea of put upon? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, just always having the kindness of you know someone like Cinderella and feeling awful. You know, if you ever hurt anybody's feelings, and then just on top of that, these girls and women are just being asked. You know, it's about making an impression on people and uh having good manners and always doing the right thing and always being sweet and kind and always acting like a princess and knowing their place in the world which might not be where they want to be and it just oh i feel like it's important to backpedal what i said about cinderella because listening to listening to you say that about always having to be kind and like i i admire and respect kindness in a person no matter what but i don't think that that by any means means that they've got to take people's crap like, yeah. I think that it's still important, you know, they, to they distance yourself and and stand up for yourself, but in a loving and kind way. Right. right. Sure. You know, there's a way to handle things. Absolutely. But yeah, they shouldn't just cower to somebody's demands. Yeah. For no reason. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we've uh, we've talked about a few of the princesses. We've made the leap to the new, what did you call it? Golden the Renaissance. The Renaissance. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity for us to let you guys know about some of the other fantastic uh, podcasts that Maximum Fun has to offer. So stick around. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Taco, the elephant magician. Merle High Church here, the master of clerical magic. I'm Magnus Burnsides, the fighter. Did you guys like that? Did you, the listener, like that? You were just swept up in a world of high fantasy and magic where anything can happen and anything is possible. Hi, I'm Griffin McElroy, Dungeon Master for The Adventure Zone, a new podcast on Maximum Fun, in which magic and mystery intertwine for a very erotically charged role-playing experience. (laughs) You can catch it every other Thursday here on MaximumFun.org or iTunes. It's for Dungeons & Dragons, but with family. (laughs) 
Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie. Ross. Hi, Carrie. What do you think is creepier? Okay. You jump into a swimming pool. All of a sudden, the water goes away, and instead of water, there is the bones of your dead ancestors or Mm -hmm. our show. That's pretty tough because we visited a live exorcism. We joined the Ordo Templi Orientis where we had to worship a naked lady. Oh, and we joined that Tony Alamo cult. They were scary. Super creepy. We joined the Ethereum Society. We tried penis enlargement, or at least I did. Oh boy, I tried breast enlargement. We have basically done every creepy, weird, fringe thing except for thousands more, which we will get to if you listen to our show. I'd still say the swimming pool with my ancestors' bones. Well, then I don't even know if people should listen. I guess they shouldn't. But if you want to... Two were at maximum fun, and the show's called Ono Ross and Carrie. Welcome back, everybody. Don't those podcasts sound great? They do. I wish we could uh, listen to them right now, but we have to finish recording this <sighs> episode. This is dumb. I know. Maximum Fun really is like, I, I can't say it enough how excited I am to be with these guys. So so let's keep moving through the Renaissance period. Let's go to Beauty and the Beast. 1991. Yeah, mm-hmm. Belle is a great character. She loves books. She uh, never really backs down off of her position, no matter what she's thrown in. She stands up to the Beast, mm-hmm. her initial fear that, that he's a monster, but then she's she very realizes- brave. Yeah, very headstrong. I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say, Bell is, um, Bell's gonna be tough to beat. Yes. Yeah. At this point, Bell is gonna be tough to beat. Yes. Uh, because I feel like she embodies not only the, the strength that we're looking for, but also the princess elements. And she also is not afraid to be who she is. She, she likes herself, and even though people in town talk about her and whisper about her and gossip, she doesn't mm-hmm. change who she is. No, She's she reads her books. Herself. Yeah. You have a story about Beauty and the Beast. That's right. Uh, I was 15 years old, like 15, 16, and uh, my best friend and I, still my best friend to this day, we were playing street hockey out in front of his house. So we were, had like the blades on and our hockey jerseys. We had glove sticks, like the whole works. We had a little net and we would like run plays and take turns playing goalie and stuff. And then we're done. We've been doing it for like an hour, hour and a half. We're both sweaty. We're like, all right, what are we going to do now? And I don't remember who said what, but this was the exchange. It was, uh, do you want to go have some milk and cookies and watch Beauty and the Beast on VHS? Yeah, I do want to do that. <laughs> and we went down. Nobody judged anybody. We were like, this this movie's really good. And we're enjoying some milk and cookies, which speaks to the power of Belle. Yeah. The Beauty and the Beast. Like, it's a, it's just a great story. You can watch it anytime and enjoy it. It is, I, I watched it again recently. I was working on a project where, uh, I, we were condensing that into a, a small version for kids. And we watched the movie a couple of times and really analyzed it and studied it. So I'm partial to this movie. Mm-hmm. We did the same with Tangled. We did it for those two films. And this movie, I, I had forgotten how great it is. There's a reason it was the first one, not the first animated movie ever nominated for best picture. Right. And Belle as the through line of this story is such a great example of a, I mean, she's such a great main character, regardless of whether or not she's a princess. She's just an excellent main character. For those reasons you were saying before, Juliana, that she, she knows who she is. She makes decisions. She's active through the whole thing. And ultimately falls in love with who she falls in love with for what's inside rather mm-hmm. than what's outside. Right. Because Gaston would have been the easy choice, even though he's clearly a scuzzer. Did you guys know a Gaston scuzzer? in high school? It feels like a type of guy. That feels like a type yeah. of, that's he's like the football player of the varsity jacket who's like, bro, he's like looking for high fives as he goes down the hallway, <laughs> pushing kids into lockers. Jen? Oh, I Bell? love um, Mrs. Potts and all the teacups. They're cute. <laughs> they <are. laughs> 
This is Pop yeah, just so you nurturing. Guys you guys can't see this on the other end of a microphone. Yeah. But Jen has will make a great point and then we'll lean back and go, oh, you guys, I don't know. I just, <laughs> <laughs> and the apprehension of like, oh, yeah. I don't no, Mrs. Potts is a great yeah. is a great character. <laughs> Mrs. Potts for princess. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Mr. P- Mrs. Potts for president. Yeah. Yeah, yes. make a great t shirt. Yeah, Mrs. Potts for president. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Potts chip sixteen. <laughs> I, just, I wanted to always have a tea party with them. Like Aww. be Belle's best friend and come over and like sing and have cookies. <laughs> if you were drinking out of your teacup and it started talking to you though. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's why he's got a chip. Like he's like, <laughs> I sure do like having a drink in me. And then they drop like, oh my god. <laughs> if you're drinking out of your teacup and it starts talking to you, it's yeah. because you've been drinking mushroom tea. <laughs> <laughs> With Alice, who is not a princess. That's right. <laughs> yeah, she's the one who's got like an ayahuasca tea. She's <laughs> trying to get you to drink. Hey, let's go on a vision quest yeah. to the Gobi. <laughs> you guys want to do peyote with Alice? <laughs> I painted my cat purple. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we like Belle. Belle I think is, Belle's in the running. Yeah, Belle yeah. is a, a great princess. Yeah. Um, do we do we have any more further... Do we have any problems with Belle? Is yeah. there... Um, just uh, a yellow dress picks up a lot of dirt when you're being a character. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag princess party issues. <laughs> oh. Exactly. Did we? Did you answer this before? Who's your favorite one to play? Oh yeah. Oh Cinderella for sure. Really You're perfect Cinderella. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I loved Cinderella. Just I love the blue dress, and I love just that everything was sweet, and it's such a it's like the ultimate fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't make you clean the kitchen because you were Cinderella. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Like no. you're Act One Cinderella right no. now for this party. Hey, we have mice, but we also have an unfinished dress. <laughs> Could you come dress as Cinderella and take care of this? Two birds, one stone, right? Huh? Just talk to these mice. Yeah, <laughs> they'll do it. I'm sure. Gus, Gus. Why isn't Gus Gus fun? Oh, geez. Gus Gus is gnawing on some crumbs. Oh. <laughs> crumbs. <laughs> um, Gus Gus. So, so what about Aladdin? We, we talked a little bit about Jasmine before. Um, and, and you, you gave us a lot of insight yeah. just because you played the character. Like you've created, um, a, a backstory for her that's plausible as you watch the movie. And she never strikes me as a character that's not that strong. Like she doesn't want, they're trying to arrange a marriage for her and she's mm-hmm. not interested in it because right. she wants she's love. She's turning down suitors left and right. Yeah. And I think her dad is sort of at his wits end because, she has to get married. That's the that's the law of the kingdom, and uh, he can't retire from being sultan until she does. I think. Um, <laughs> so you know, it's it's expected of her. But I think that although she's extremely lonely and and very much kind of dominated by male figures, I do think that she and her father have a very loving and respectful relationship between each other. Yeah. I think that her loneliness comes from the fact that he can't be there all the time because he's ruling a kingdom. Um, but so yeah, she's not she's not all weak. She's just maybe under really unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. Maybe she's got it tougher than than a lot of these other princesses. And um, she does make Aladdin earn it. Pal- she certainly does. Yeah. And she's got no problem telling off Prince Ali when he shows up on mm-hmm. her balcony. She's not going to take it. She's not going to swoon at his feet just because he, you know, wants her to or 
has fancy elephants and peacocks and <laughs> oh, whatever although, else he shows up with. Although, is it fair to say she falls in love with him after he takes her on a magic carpet ride? Yeah, that's so a little like, hard to. She's uh, like, oh, look, I don't like elephant. Don't bring me no elephants. Don't bring me no gold rings. <laughs> yeah, but if there's a flying carpet up in this piece, yeah. you better deal, bring Hal. some magic. Here's okay? the deal: it's metaphorical mm-hmm. in my mind. I mean, ja- you know that that's her growing up. That's mm-hmm. that's a man opening her eyes to the world and expanding her vision of what life is Mm -hmm. and can be. And I think nobody has ever done that before. Nobody's ever given her credit to, to grow in that way before. So the carpet, yes, is impressive, Yes, but it's more the vehicle for her growth. That's fair. Which is how she ends up loving him. So, okay. So Jasmine, (laughs) but like, I feel like if you compare Jasmine to Belle, Uh she doesn't hold up like, Belle just seems like such a stronger yeah. character. Do you guys get that sense also? But Belle's also given permission to be stronger. Mm, her dad her doesn't him. lock her up and make That's her stay true. within his his perimeters. Jasmine breaks out of the palace and goes to the marketplace, not knowing what that's going to be like, who she's going to meet, how she would defend herself if she needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think people need to give Jasmine a lot more credit. Yeah. So apparently today um, we've brought in uh, Jen and Princess Jasmine's lawyer. So, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. State your case there, Juliana. State your case for Jasmine. <laughs> She's a strong woman, guys. In the only movie that doesn't pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> that is not her fault. Oh, She doesn't even talk to a drawing of a woman that she made on a paper plate. <laughs> she didn't even draw a face and name yeah. it Wilson. Yeah. Mrs. Wilson. Mrs. Wilson. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mrs. Pac-Man is more empowered than Princess Jasmine is. <laughs> That's true. She does wind up chasing Pac-Man down. <laughs> she's like, true, yeah. she's like, get over here, Pac-Man. Yeah. We're I'm married now. <laughs> Gonna have Mitch Pac-Man Jr. and oh. be an inferior game. Uh, oh, that okay. was a different episode. So after after Aladdin comes Pocahontas. Yeah. Now I know that you worked on this on this film. I'm not as biased with Pocahontas. I I do not care for this movie at all. This is the only Disney princess who is a real person, right? Mm-hmm. That actually comes from history, and her the end of this story is vastly different. Yeah. Her her the the real Pocahontas had uh, a much a much darker end. Than Pocahontas did in this in this movie, but isn't that true of all the the Brothers Grimm and the Hans Christian Andersen? I mean, if that you don't know the difference standard, between the Brothers Grimm and history, right? Uh, they both happened a long time ago, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know who's going to be mad about this? President Gingerbread Man. <laughs> um, Not my president. <laughs> Not my president. Thanks, Ginger Care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I went into the hospital for a broken leg, they just put some icing on it and said, you'll be fine. Thanks, Gingerbread Man President. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk Pocahontas though. Uh, good music though in Pocahontas. Yeah, I was going to say, Hal, I would agree with you, mm-hmm. um, with the exception of the music. Yeah. Um, of the Wind. The music is awesome. Schwartz and uh, Mencken, I think this is their first Disney film together. And Schwartz was brought in because Howard Ashman, Ashman passed, passed away. away. Now, that in mind, mm-hmm. uh, is anybody here going to put up a fight to keep Pocahontas in the running for Best I- Princess? I mean, a lot of her, a lot of her stuff, again, it's, it's about, she does, she represents a different point of view because I think she not only represents women, but she represents, uh, Native Americans mm-hmm. and the environment and staying close to the land. And for that reason, I think she should, 
she should get her she should get her due respect. Sure. She she teaches these she teaches these uh these foreigners about, you know, the power of the land. Yes. Her stuff isn't specific to being a prince. I mean, marrying which man she wants to marry, love or or with the village. That that's part of it, but I feel like her biggest contribution is her environmental contribution. I would agree with that. Okay. Um that being said, we can probably eliminate her as, yeah. she, as the no, she won't be the <laughs> honest. Uh, but I wanted to give her that respect. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, here's the princess who's not a princess. Yes. Mulan. Not royalty at all. Never marries into royalty. Yes. But she uh, she grows up in an oppressive society where women have zero value and zero say. Mm-hmm. And she proves everybody wrong and, and, and uh, beats the men at their own game. She might be the bravest of all of them. She is... She's fearless, Mulan, to go. And I mean, she's not fearless. Nobody is. You know, she, she gives us glimpses into her, you know, fear of what's to come when she makes the choice to join up in the mm-hmm. army and pose as a man. But she, it doesn't, she never hesitates. She just right. goes full speed ahead when that idea comes to her. And I think that's really admirable. Who was, I don't remember who it was that said, but one of my favorite quotes about fear is, uh, uh, bravery isn't not being afraid. Bravery is being afraid, but doing it anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I think Mulan embodies that. Absolutely. Yeah. Jennifer? She's super brave and wonderful. And I loved, I just watched this movie too. And uh, You had a weekend, didn't oh, yeah, you? I did, I did. I did. I watched a lot of them. And I just, yes, exactly. Admired her for being just like this really strong woman and just completely surrounded by men. And just the whole movie, I just kept thinking about how dismissive they are of her. And even when she wins and helps the, and like saves the life of the big all you know saves lives and stuff they still are like turn their nose up at her it's just such an extreme dismissal of a woman that was very interesting to watch but yeah she was awesome but that in that last moment though when she finally is shown that respect in, in front of the entire yes. army yes. and they all bow to her and that's yeah. that's a strong it is tough though because she is like you're gonna be a strong woman uh, first you have to make everyone think you're a man. It's the right. bosom buddies yeah. of the, uh, of the Disney movies. Sure, but that's also her willing to, I mean, she could have been put to death. Like, right. in the, in, in risking, she's really risking everything. Right. But to, and, but isn't it ultimately in a way to honor her father? Yes. So she's, yes. you know, it's also the power of family, but does Well, it, she sings that guys? Reflections, which is a song yeah. all about her ancestors. Yeah, it's family. Family's family. Sure. It's honor, yeah. yeah. It's not, she's not doing it for the love of a man. She's doing right. it for the honor. Of, and that, her reasons are the, are, of all that we've seen so far are, are. And one love of, the of a man in itself isn't a terrible thing. I mean, that's the other thing. People get down on Disney princesses for, for giving up things so that they can find their one true love or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think any time that you are selfless in your actions, whether it's for love of a man or love of a family member, it's a noble, beautiful thing. So there's that. That's a good point. Yeah. It seems like we're basing most of our uh, assessment of these princesses and worthiness of them being the best or not on uh, like character traits and mm-hmm. qualities mm-hmm. that they have. But I think also it's important to note that some of these films were revolutionary in the grand picture of like Disney animation and others sure. just kind of came That's away. a great point. Maybe we should move forward, jump ahead in time again to Princess and the Frog. Now this, this one. This is another, this is an 11 year jump. 1998 yeah. was Mulan. Mm. And then it took a long time for them to make another princess movie. 
This is this is, I believe, the last traditionally animated of the Disney films, which gives it mad props yes. in my mind. I love flat animation. It, it is beautiful, and beautiful somehow movie. it makes it easier for me to emotionally connect with the characters and the action on the screen. Mm-hmm. Like I, mm-hmm. I bawled like a baby when I saw this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so attached to the characters and the, her little friend, Ray, the firefly. Yes, the firefly. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. I just, oh, yeah. I mean, that was heartbreaking. It's and and she she's another strong one. I mean, they've you. I mean, we can see the pattern. They're getting. They've gotten progressively stronger. She wants to have her own restaurant. Yeah. She's and, and that's her focus is she wants to be a small business owner. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> and she she in, she neither ex- expects nor like it doesn't get her down. She doesn't want anything given to her. Mm-hmm. She's willing to work really hard for everything. Yeah. She's inst- had a lot of values uh, instilled in her. You know, I mean her the fact that her song is almost there. Mm-hmm. Like she she has a belief that she's going to get where she's going no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer and I watched this for the la- for the first time last night. Yeah. You guys really did. Like, how many movies did you guys watch in the last in the last forty eight hours? I'd say like four or five. Four or five, yeah. Four. And four I'm and not and even forty eight. This yeah. wasn't like twenty four hours. This was no. since yesterday. Yeah. Since yesterday. Yeah. What did you What did you think, Jennifer? What did you think of Tiana? Of uh, Tiana? Oh, I loved her. I thought she's an entrepreneur, so I loved her. <laughs> Just so much. Yeah, I loved that. It was, it really stood out to me as a different film than the others just because it was all about her creating her own life. Mm-hmm. Just herself, like creating her own life, her own career, and then fitting those other important things into it, like family and love and relationships and stuff. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. It's also a really relatable story because yes. yeah. it's 20th century America. Yes. For us, it's relatable. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's, you, you know, you're seeing cars on the road and a girl working as a waitress in a restaurant. Like, uh-huh. this is, this is real, you know, this is real people. And also, uh, we should point out, you were talking about important movies. Yeah. This is the first Black Princess. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is a, which is a big deal for Huge Disney. Set. And it's, um, and it gives, a big, a big segment of our population's, uh, young ladies representation and, yeah. and a, a role model that looks like them to look up to, which yeah. is awesome. This movie, here's what makes me really mad about this movie. I'm mm-hmm. really mad that it wasn't more successful. Me too. It's so good. It's perfect. All of the yeah, songs are really great. Good. The characters are fantastic. Was it Randy Newman wrote the music? It was. Yeah. yeah. It's perfect. His music. And, and Menken did the score. But Dr. Mm-hmm. John does the, does the oh, Welcome God, to New Orleans song at the top. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so, yeah. it's, it's, it's so great. And it, and it, uh, it just, if you haven't seen it, it's worth, it's worth buying or renting and watching. But I, like, for me, she's, she's definitely in the running. She's in the run. She's up there with Belle. And it's, I feel like, like, how do you not, I wish it had been more successful so that they could have built an attraction around it. Cause it would have been, I'd Mm -hmm. love, I would love to have seen what the ride was. And they have a built in place to put it. They have New Orleans Square. Square. They did have, for a while, they had a great show at Disneyland. I don't know if they had it in Florida, but, um, and I would go, I would like, I'd be doing one show somewhere else and I'd come over and watch it when they were Mm -hmm. doing it. It was, they would bring the Mark Twain riverboat around because it's very much in that style. And on one side, they would just park the riverboat, uh, on the, on the river there, uh, and, you know, where you would watch Fantasmic, you'd be sitting in New Orleans Square watching the show. They'd park the riverboat and it would all happen on one side of it. And they had pretty elaborate, like, 
set pieces for something that's being done on a boat that's also a functioning attraction. Mm-hmm. And they had the they had the singers and they had all the characters out there and uh, Tiana. And it was a really fun music show, but it only lasted like a summer. It was mm-hmm. really fun. Yeah, I wish they had more. Yeah. So Tiana survives to to make it to the to the next uh, level. Then we have uh, Tangled, yes. which uh, which Jennifer and I watched about three hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> I like Tangled a lot. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, there haven't been any of these that I haven't liked. And I guess, it, it features our friend Zachary uh, Levi, Zachary Levi, and, and Paul F. Tompkins. Paul F. Tompkins is in that what? movie. Yeah, yeah, Paul F. Tompkins what? is the little baby. He's the little uh, the little, little drunk guy, the little drunk oh grandpa baby. My God. Yeah. That's Paul. Now I've got to rewatch it. He's right. a short brother, is how he's is yeah. how he's credited. Short brother, but it's great. It's so I like the whole time. I'm just like, where's Paul? I want to hear Paul. Elizabeth. Oh yeah, but it's a really good story. She's she's another like she's another character that's sort of cursed by her circumstances because mm-hmm. she's immediately sheltered and kept away from everything. Mm-hmm. But she also shows that sort of a pioneering spirit mm-hmm. to to want to get out there and uh, and she takes that leap, a literal leap of faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True to escape those confines she's been mm-hmm. placed in and i love that she even though she she tried to make the most of her circumstances before she knew that it wasn't her actual mother she had a lot of honor in her relationship and then of course wanted you know to go out and explore and then once she did meet her man she helped turn him into seeing the value more of relationships instead of like material things so mm-hmm. it was fun mm-hmm. to see him come around and then at the end, end of the movie almost sacrifice himself for her. So it wasn't right. like I'm rescuing you to the tower. It was he was willing to l- literally lay down his life for her. And also, I mean, if we're talking about Landmark, she's the first uh, computer CGI uh, yeah. computer animated or digitally animated rather mm-hmm. princess. With sentient hair. With sentient hair. Oh, yeah. She's the other one who has, like, straight-up superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> she's like uh, Medusa from the Marvel Universe. She's got a hair that she can control, yeah. which is pretty crazy. I kind of wish yeah. she had used that power a lot more, she, just because it's interesting to me. She has that princess element of – she has that sort of damsel in distress princess element, or you think she will, but then – She's wicked with a frying pan. Oh, like yeah, when yeah. when um yeah. when Flynn comes in and she I mean she knocks him flat. Let's talk about the last moment. Okay. In uh in Tangled. Not the last moment of the movie, but the last moment when she the uh climactic with the climactic yeah. moment when she's leaning over Flynn, he's laying there on the ground mm-hmm. and um and the mother Gothel, she he has to make that decision. She's got to make this decision. Yes, and she chooses to sacrifice her the rest of her life to allow him to live, not so they can be together, mm-hmm. but just to out of an act of of kindness for somebody that she loves. Like the ultimate, she's making the ultimate sacrifice, and then of course he makes the ultimate sacrifice by cutting her hair right. to give her freedom. Let me ask our guests this: mm-hmm. Do you view that as is that an act of? Is her decision there, is her decision an act of submission or an act of bravery? Oh, I think it's an act of bravery for sure, because she wanted to save him. And I kind of, no, it seemed like there was a little glint in her eye. And if you watch the whole movie, she's once she finds out who she is, she's constantly trying. She says earlier in the film, I will always try to escape from you. Mm-hmm. So I think she knows that she would still be able to figure out a way to escape her mother eventually, mm-hmm. and they would be together and he would be alive. But he doesn't see that. Oh. So he decides to save her. But that's what I thought while I was I watching that. it. That's interesting. She chooses the more hopeful yeah. path. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's basically got her fingers crossed. Exactly. 
I sort of just compare that to the moment that Belle says, take me instead to the beast um, so that he lets her father go. It's sort of a similar situation. Neither one of them know, you know, that if with any certainty that they'll ever escape the circumstances that they're signing up for in that moment. But it is more important to them to give the person they love a chance to live. So a recurring bit of awesomeness for the Disney princesses is self-sacrifice. Yeah. Yes. I like that. Nice. Merida from Brave is probably the opposite of self-sacrifice. The Mm -hmm. the conditions of that film are directly from her being very selfish. But at the same time, she's not selfish about having stuff. She just wants freedom. Mm -hmm. She -hmm. wants to have control of her life. She doesn't want anyone to tell her what to do. And that's ultimately what gets her in trouble. She's trying to break out of a rigid system, which is another sort of recurring theme of the princesses, trying yeah. to break out of whatever your circumstances are. What, what do you, what do you ladies think? I think Merida's is certainly strong and I respect her uh, relentlessness in going after what she wants, which is to not be tied down and to sort of win her own hand and kind of call her own shots. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there's an element to Merida that's like very impetuous and very, very young and, and almost childish. I mean, she really, she doesn't know much at all about the person that she meets in the woods, the woodcarver person, right? Yeah. Um, and she just like, is willing to kind of risk whatever it takes to get what she wants, which I yeah. think is actually quite selfish. Um, yep. I view her as, as yes, brave, but also very naive and, uh, and childish. Yeah, I agree with you. It was, it was, it was wonderful seeing her try to be strong and like express herself and try to be understood and heard and, you were hoping that everybody would see, like, just let her be who she is and mm-hmm. let her not have to fit this mold. But then when she did that to her mother, it just really was upsetting to just watch that and see. Like, I just felt like, wow, that's pretty extreme. There's something to be said for, like, having respect for your parents at the same time, not um, not succumbing to something that's going to make you miserable forever. Maybe the pendulum is swung a little bit too far in that uh, it, the the early princesses never stood up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the strongest ones stand up for themselves for the right reasons at the right times. Mm-hmm. And then in this one, it's interesting that all of her standing up for herself that she does happens toward the beginning of the movie before she's actually learned anything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. As a main yeah. character, you learn over the course of the film. And this is this, I think you put it best impetuous is there's a difference between strong and impetuous. And yes. she stands up to, you know, for what she wants at the expense of others, not at the expense of herself. Ariel right. gives something of herself. Belle gives something of herself. Right. Now, by the end, Meredith she is says, eh. <laughs> she is a well-rounded, strong Absolutely. Uh, she character. Learns. Yeah. 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 I, exactly. Talking about giving of yourself. That If she had put the spell on herself. To be like, make me, I want to change so I can be heard better or be stronger or bigger. Make me a bird so I can fly away and be free. The fact that she did that to her mother is just, ooh. Yeah. 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 She uh, Clearly, she's a little bit too headstrong. Maybe that counts against her. She doesn't maybe have the poise. But also, that's part of her character. She's not a tomboy, but she's not... She's not willing to conform to what a woman is is believed to be in that time. Mm-hmm. So that that is both the to her 
credit and her detriment. Yeah. So who do we think the finalists are? Belle and Tiana. It sounds like are the only two that we've collectively said she's in the running. Right? And Rapunzel's in there, but or is she not I mean, really? I, well, I mean, if I, if she personal opinion, she's certainly in the mix. But if you're if it's hard because on the one sense we're we're sort of going all right, what makes these characters really great women? Right. But mm-hmm. maybe that's not the tag. Maybe it's what makes them the Disney princesses. Do they embody the magic and the hope and the wonder of mm-hmm. Disney? In which case. In which case, Cinderella is still in the mix. Yeah. Right. But then uh, also, if we're thinking which, uh, which film, uh, had a significant impact on Disney animation as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, it, right. were their films also significant, not just their characters, but sure. I mean, if we're considering that as well, then I guess it does narrow down to Tiana and Belle. If we're looking at all three of those things, like the most impact of a Disney film, mm-hmm. the strongest woman, and the most embodying of the Disney enchanted magical idea. If we have a Venn diagram of those three, yeah. the only intersection of all three Bell. is Belle. Is Belle. Do we all, do all four of us agree on this? I yes. would agree. Yeah. I would go ahead and Absolutely. say, uh, right. that was a great pause right there yeah. though. That was I, so I hope that when people listen, they're like, oh, will they agree? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a shame. I'm going to edit it out, guys. <laughs> If you, it's okay to love all the Disney princesses. They're magical, full of wonder, mm-hmm. and you can meet all of them in Orlando or uh, Anaheim or sure. Tokyo or Paris, all over the world, and soon probably somewhere else. I think Hong Kong, maybe they're building. There is a uh, Shanghai, Hong Kong. Hong Shanghai's the newest. Shanghai, one, right? mm-hmm. but you're going to meet many princesses in your life, and they're all going to be wonderful and special women. But I want you to know, and I'm going to give it very close to the mic so that you hear me. That none of them hold a candle to Belle. So just back off. <laughs> okay? Belle is the best princess. Ladies, back me up. Absolutely. Belle meets the intersection of the Venn diagram. That is a ringing endorsement. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, we did it. It it took us a while. This Boy, this room, is a long episode. The one thing you can't uh, hear is how hot it is in this room. It's about <gasps> 300 degrees. Yep. But uh, we do it for our art. We suffer for our art. And and it's we suffer because you have arguments you want us to settle for you, and we're happy to do it. Yes. Uh, this one is settled, but there are many more arguments out there. You have been sending them in, and we love you for it. So keep them coming. You can reach out to us on Twitter at WeGotThisTweet. You can email us at WeGotThisPodcast at gmail.com, or why not find us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash we got this podcast. And as always, we would like to thank our amazing, amazing musicians, uh, the two men who created the music here at the top, our score crafter, Jonathan Dinerstein, and our songster, Mike Furman, uh, both brilliant, talented artists that we love and are proud to call our friends. And our, our other friend, Ken Plume, our third friend that we have yeah. in the world. That's it. Just three for yep, us. That's it. Uh, he does all the mixing and mastering and levels our voices out so that we all sound like we're the same volume and nobody blows out your eardrums. Isn't that nice? Thank you, Ken. Uh, we would also like to say thank you, as always, to our listeners. Uh, we've yes. been getting more and more listeners um, thanks to Maximum Fun and you guys telling your friends, and we really appreciate it. And uh, you guys, this is – it's a conversation, and we're really happy that you're part of the conversation. And we're so lucky and so blessed that you're listening. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, and thank you to our guests. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. This was fun. Uh, Juliana yes, Hansen. Thank you. Jennifer Marie Kelly, Lublin. Uh, Juliana, tell everybody. 
everybody where they can find you online. Yes. Anything you want to plug, go for it. Thank you. www.juliannahanson.com, Twitter forward slash Juliana Hansen. I've got albums and stuff. So some of them are Disney. Please check them out. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Jennifer? Uh, yes, you can find me at heyhearmenow.com. Hey, hear me now. And on Facebook, Twitter, and that is my website for some characters that I do. Thank you. Yes, that's right. And uh, we are going to be doing a show in New York City with uh, Jennifer Kelly Lublin. I'm sorry, not with Jen. We're going to be doing a show with Carter, Carter Parton Rogers. Rogers. Yes, one of my favorite comedy country music acts. That's right. And we're gonna get to we're gonna get to play with her in New York City at Urbo. Yes, as part of New York Super Week, there will be information all over the place. You can check maximumfun.org and see the show listed there, and you will even be able to buy tickets there. So thank you, thank you so much, Juliana, Jen. We love you both so very yes, much. We do. Each of us, each of us has our favorites, yes. of course. That's true. Um, but thank you for coming and doing this. We've been excited about this episode for a long time. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.